I'm Virginia Allen, and this is the Daily Signal Top News for Friday, July 21st. Here are today's headlines. The trial date for former President Donald Trump is set, and neither prosecutors or Trump's legal team are getting their way. The trial is set for May 20th of next year, but prosecutors at the Department of Justice had asked the judge for a trial this December, while Trump's legal team asked for the trial to be postponed until after the 2024 presidential election. Trump is facing a 37-count indictment, and many of those counts have to do with Trump holding on to classified documents. The counts include allegations of willful retention of national defense information in violation of the Espionage Act, one count of conspiracy to obstruct justice, one count of withholding a document or record, one count of corruptly concealing a document, one count of concealing a document in a federal investigation, one count of a scheme to conceal, and one count of false statement and representations. Trump pled not guilty to all of the charges he is facing. The May 20th trial date is an interesting compromise. Most of the voting in the 2024 presidential primary will be over by then, but the Republican candidate won't be officially announced, though it is likely that we'll know, by and large, who the candidate will be by that point. According to the Associated Press, the judge said the December date the Department of Justice had asked for was atypically accelerated and inconsistent with ensuring a fair trial. Trump's lawyers argued December did not give them enough time to review all the material needed ahead of the trial, and it seems that the judge agreed with them. Well, in other news on Wednesday, you'll remember that we told you about a new way that the White House is seeking to limit the reach of some conservative journalists. And in this case, the conservative journalist is the Daily Signal's own chief news correspondent, Fred Lucas. The White House has changed its rules regarding who can have a press pass. According to the new White House rule announced in May, reporters must first obtain accreditation by a press gallery in either the U.S. Senate, U.S. House of Representatives, or Supreme Court in order to obtain or maintain their White House press credentials. Lucas has applied for credentials both in Congress and the Supreme Court, but it's unclear when he's going to hear back or whether he'll obtain either. This is because Supreme Court press passes are very limited, and conservative news outlets have struggled to obtain credentials from Congress. The situation is attracting the attention of lawmakers, who say the White House changed the policy knowing it would limit the access of some conservative reporters. Representative Paul Gosar of Arizona said the Biden regime will stop at nothing to silence and censor any and all political opponents. No one is immune from Biden's hatchet jobs, including reporters who dare to report the truth. And Representative Harriet Hegman of Wyoming said Joe Biden is operating the most opaque operation in presidential history, censoring, either directly or by proxy, anybody that dares to ask a difficult question, fact-check their dubious claims, or provide a thought counter to their own. 
Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn said the new policy is part of the Biden administration's campaign to target free speech. Now, Florida Representative Matt Gates is urging House Speaker Kevin McCarthy of California to grant congressional press credentials to the Daily Signal to ensure their presence in the White House continues uninterrupted. Of course, you can catch all of Fred Lucas's reporting on the White House and Congress at the Daily Signal's website. That's DailySignal.com. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis asked the head of Florida's State Board of Administration to review its shareholdings with Bud Light's parent company, AB InBev. DeSantis says he has concerns about AB InBev's drop in sales. The sales drop occurred after the company aligned itself with transgender activist Dylan Mulvaney. As you'll remember, the beer company's sales tanked after Bud Light launched an ad campaign with Mulvaney. DeSantis said the SBA has the responsibility of making smart investments for local government entities like teacher funds and Florida's retirement system pension plan. According to DeSantis, the SBA needs to consider removing its shareholdings with a company that prioritizes an ideological agenda through woke virtue signaling. And finally, on this Friday, let's take a moment to remember the man who brought us this song. I left my heart in San Francisco High on a hill It calls to me That is, of course, Tony Bennett's hit, I Left My Heart in San Francisco. Bennett passed away today at the age of 96. In his career, Bennett won 20 Grammy Awards and entertained millions through his music, including the Daily Signal's own John Pop. Now, John, you are usually on the other side of the mic recording, but today uh, you're popping in to share with us a little bit about your experience when you actually saw Tony Bennett perform live in Washington, D.C. Absolutely. Thanks for having me here, Virginia. So I was at my radio station. This was in the 90s, and Tony Bennett had just done his Unplugged album, and he was doing a tour to support it. The Unplugged was all the rage because of MTV and all that stuff (laughs) back in the day. So he played at the 930 Club. Now, to you D.C. folks, the original 930 Club, there's a new one. It was the original one. So it's a big room. Not a stadium, which I love to see people in, in, in smaller clubs, packed with people. It, it was him. As he had the same trio for years. A stand-up bass player, pianist, uh, who he worked with for many, many years, and a drummer. And and him on a mic. The only thing that was, was, mic, was, was him with a microphone so we could hear him. And then he goes, during the middle of the thing, he goes, I'm really going to get, I'm, I'm paraphrasing what he said, really going to get unplugged now. And he took the mic, put it down to his side, and he sang Fly Me to the Moon, and he belted it. And it was oh. so great. I mean, I still get, like, goosebumps and chills just remembering because it was like, and I love that song to begin with. I really love it now because whenever, whenever I sing it, Virginia Allen, I sing it the way Tony Bennett sang it. <laughs> And I, it was wonderful. He was, he, I was a, a big fan of his. Wow. Yep. Well, John, for you, what was it that, that you loved and still love so much about his music? And why do you think he really captured the heart of, of America 
in his style of singing. Well, first of all, I'm a big fan of that style of music. Like mm. Frank Sinatra is one of my favorites of all time. Tony Bennett's right up there. Sammy Davis Jr., the great American songbook, they call it. Mm. But he also was a great stylist of uh, the way he's, he's phrasing and the way he sang. And he, he covered like, you know, I left my heart in San Francisco is one everyone knows, but he covered so many different things. And later in his life, well, he did that uh, unplugged thing. Later in his life, he did some work with Lady Gaga. And he just had mm. a, he was just a kind of fun-loving, very good very charismatic, nice guy, you know, and and uh, it came through. They did a special not too long ago. I can't remember where it was about him for his like his ninetieth. It was so great. It was it was really wonderful to watch. So mm. good stuff. Wow. Well, maybe this weekend uh, you all can enjoy a little bit of Tony Bennett's music in honor and remembrance of him. But with that, we're going to leave it there for today's episode of the Daily Signals top news again john thanks for uh thanks for joining us and giving us a little bit of perspective on tony bennett (laughs) glad to do it well for those who have not had a chance before make sure that you check out our morning show it's right here in this same podcast feed where we bring you interviews with lawmakers experts and leading conservative voices and on monday morning i'm really looking forward to this conversation so you know we hear that term appropriations thrown around in washington dc and it's in relation to spending and where your tax dollars go well the heritage foundation's richard stern is joining us to break down what appropriations are why they matter and what the federal government is doing with your tax dollars All right, well, also make sure to take just a moment to subscribe to The Daily Signal wherever you like to listen to podcasts. It really helps us to keep on growing the show and reach new listeners. But thanks again for joining us this Friday afternoon. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you right back here on Monday morning. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.